Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Y'all, we're just discussing that potentially there's a last episode, but we are going to find it. We're going to find it. I can feel it. (laughs) What happens is we'll record a lot and then I'm like, cool, we're done. And then I forget. I actually have to upload it and send it to (laughs) Courtney to post. So I must've, I must've recorded and then just not sent it to her, but we're going to find this episode. Otherwise y'all are going to be really upset because this was one of the best episodes we've ever done. I don't know if it was, but it was an episode and it was a fun one. Yeah, that I think you guys will enjoy. Uh, but today I actually wanted to talk about this and sort of like pseudo interview Danny, because, um, I actually sent her this meme the other day and it was all about being a listener. So it's from Julian, Jillian Richardson. I can't even say my own name, Jillian Richardson. And she said, (laughs) someone said to a friend recently, I know you're a good listener because when we talk, I surprise myself with what I say. It's like I have permission to go deeper than I usually do. Shout out to the listeners. And I sent that to Danny because um, we've sort of, you know, like trolled Danny and like, you know, teased her a little bit on other episodes where, you know, we'll be at an event together and we're at a party together and just people who are complete strangers will like have Danny in a corner, basically telling them, their entire life and not even like at a party. This could be like an, an Uber ride. <laughs> like yeah. literally people feel so close to you and they feel so close to you so quickly. And this is also, you know, kind of compounded by, I was just listening to an episode of um, my ex-husband Jade's podcast. It's called next level human. And he had my brother on Danny Coleman shout out. Who's been on the podcast several times, been on the best life. And they were talking about connection And a lot of what they were saying are things that I feel like you do naturally. And so when I say listening, I don't mean listening for the sake of listening. What I mean is listening for the sake of connection and how can you, can we start to, and I'm sure you do a lot of this stuff just naturally, but I was interested in like digging in on like how you make so many people in your life feel so close to you so quickly. And so um, what's the word? So comfortable with you. You know, I asked you this maybe a couple of years ago and I said, you know, how many people do you feel like you're their best friend? Because at that one point you were like helping one of our like acquaintances. It wasn't even a friend of ours. You're helping like an acquaintance of ours, like through a massive breakup. And I was like, why are you talking to that chick for hours? And you're like, well, she just like needs somebody and she just, you know, confiding in me and I'm just trying to be there for her, which you didn't have to do. Like, it wasn't like you guys were that close. I mean, you were close when you were helping her, but then, you know, how many times have you talked to her since? Right. But like that, you were that person for her in that moment. And I remember just, you know, laughing at that, but also really seeing the value of how you show up in the world because I think that not a lot of people, number one, can do that. And number two, um, don't just don't have that natural ability, you know, and they don't ever feel close to someone. So the fact that you can make someone feel so close to you so quickly is a gift. And so, you know, is there something about you? I mean, I know we've talked about this a little bit in other episodes, but like, what do you think that is that makes people, yes, good listener, but like, also, what do you think that is that makes people feel so just at ease with you? 
saying, you know, it's funny. You mentioned, I was like, who are you talking about? Now you, now I know who you're you talking know. about. And she you hasn't talked, she hasn't talked to me in months, in years <laughs> she now. She used you, you for know, listening skill. I feel so used. And I'm thinking <laughs> about quite a few people who I just haven't heard from anymore. So I'm like, dude, remember like, it's funny. And I think it's funny because you and I meet these people together. Yes. Like we, we go and we meet these people together. And then when they are going through something catastrophic in their life, like catastrophic, like one, <laughs> yes. one dude had his wife, like taking him to court and he like literally moved out of the country and like sold all his shit. And he was yeah. like a multimillionaire and he kept reaching out to you and yeah. kept, like, wanted to confide in you and never me, always you. Oh my God. It's so funny. Oh my God. It's so, so you funny. Know what I'm talking about. Yes. Yes. There's, and I, there's a couple more that just popped <laughs> into my head now. I'm like, oh, and that person too. And where the hell are they now? <laughs> I am there for that. Um, during their hardest times. And then I helped them launch off and then they don't talk to me anymore. Well, and I asked you oh. at the time, I said, how many best friends do you have? And you were like, just one, you, <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> because it's not equal, right? It's like this yeah. person, you're holding it down for them. Yeah. And yet, I asked you, would you feel comfortable sharing your stuff with them? And you said, no. Yeah. You were like, that's not who I would go to if I was going through something, you know? So it's like, yeah. it feels odd, but a lot of people, I feel like that just speaks to the sort of, I don't want to say the desperation, but the, the desire for people to feel seen and heard. Yeah. I think it's a huge, that is a huge thing that people want to be seen and heard. So I think it's something I didn't even realize, or maybe a gift that I have that I didn't recognize until the last few years, and maybe until I started dating. And that's when I really started to see it show up where I'd go out with these guys and they suddenly feel this connection. They're like, I knew we would hit it off. And I'm like, did we? Because I didn't say much. <laughs> You're like, you talked really a lot. I see you ever again. So. <laughs> I asked a lot of questions about you and I, I, I guess I made you feel some sort of way, but I, it wasn't reciprocated. So I think one of the, one of the things is curiosity. So I always feel like I'm genuinely curious about other people. And maybe this is the piece that I don't like talking about myself. So I feel like if I can get people to talk enough about themselves, then I don't have to say anything about me. Um, but it's, it comes from a genuine place. It's not like I'm just asking questions to just ask questions. Um, and I do, it's funny. You mentioned that about the podcast with Jade and Danny, because I actually, as you said this, I realize where this comes from. I actually am asking questions because I'm trying to find a connection that we can meet on. So the I guess the fun fact about me is I have a lot of life experiences. We always joke about how I've had like so many lives, right? Like I was an acrobat and then I had this, uh, I worked at a nightclub and I worked for the government and I've been in fitness. And so I, I've just had honestly so many damn lives, done a lot of traveling. Like I had this goal to see 30 countries before I'm 30. So I've been to a million places too. So I feel like I will start a conversation with anyone and I start to ask them questions to find some point of connection that we can talk about. Cause I feel like when you're meeting new people, it's so awkward and, and small talk is awkward. So if I can ask a question where I can find a connection, like, oh, you have a dog. Tell me about your dog. I like, I have a dog too. So I'm going to go down that path. Right. And, or they mentioned some kind of travel. I asked where they've been. And if I've been there too, then I can start speaking about that. And I have this connection. So first it's really finding something that we have in common. I think the connection piece is you find something that you have in common and then you build something on that. And that's really how we build relationships and friendships, right? When you're a little kid, you're like, I like pink. I like pink too. Let's be best friends. Like it just is that simple. But as adults, we do the same fucking thing. It's like, I like, you know, Lexus cars and like, I like Lexus too. Like, oh my God, what do you, it's, there's something that 
makes humans connect when we like the same thing or we hate the same thing, whatever it is. It's like we can mutually hate or mutually like, but that's something that brings people together. And so I start asking questions about people until I find something that connects with me. And then I dig deeper into that thing. And it always has to be something I'm genuinely either interested in or that I know there's something emotional about. So like if it's dogs, if I didn't really care about dogs, like I have have a dog, but some people have dogs and they're not like quote dog people. So I have to kind of dig in if they seem like they're not a dog person and they're really not into it, then I'll steer the conversation to something else. Right. But if they're like obsessed with their pet, which a lot of people are, then I ask them more questions. Like, tell me more about your puppy. Does she do this? Does she do this? And asking really specific questions till they light up. And once they get so excited about that thing, I just keep going deeper in it. So I think that people do like to talk about themselves. I know that there's this, um, this quote I remember in network marketing was people are always turned into the radio station, W I I F M what's in it for Mm, me. mm -hmm. And so when we're doing network marketing and you're talking about sales and connecting with people, like, let's say I'm selling and I sold a skincare product. So we'll just use that example. I'm selling a skincare product and maybe I want you to join my team and also sell skincare but you don't give a shit. Maybe you're a dude and you're like, I don't care about skincare, but I know you're interested in money. So I'm like, Hey, look, this skincare is like, doesn't, I know you don't give a shit about skincare, but look at the industry of skincare. It's a billion dollar industry. And all these women, like you can get a piece of that, a fraction of that billion dollars or that could be yours. I have to make it matter to what matters to them. Right. Maybe I'm talking to a 44 year old woman. Who's like, I've got wrinkles. I don't want to spend money on Botox. I'm like, girl, you got to try this product. Like, look at these pictures. What's in it for me. So what I care about the product doesn't really matter. It's the person who I'm trying Mm. to sell. It's what matters to them. Does money matter to them? Does financial freedom matter to them? Does clear skin, does anti-aging matter to them? I have to look at what matters to them and then present them that offer. So Mm. when I'm talking to any person, I'm trying to figure out out what matters to them and then have a conversation there. And I think once I get to that place, for whatever reason, because they feel connected, because we have a similar, what matters to them also matters to me. Cause suddenly I'm asking them. So they're like, Oh, my life matters to her. Well, here's some more stuff. And then they start to share things that are maybe deeper, more personal things they've never told anybody. And that's what's the kind of the joke is I've had so many people that I just met. They'll literally say, like whispering, like, I've never told anybody this, but blah, blah, blah. (laughs) I'm like, okay. I just found out a lot of things like your partner or your family or your best friends don't even know that I just found out. And I just (laughs) met you. (laughs) You know, it's, um, one thing you said that I want to come back to, because I think this is a really important point. I'm interested in your take on this and digging into this. You said, I don't like talking about myself. Um, and a lot of other people and people like talking about themselves. So why don't you like talking? Like why, like you could be in that situation and you could easily talk about your own stuff and then confide in them. What keeps you from doing that? Yeah. You know, I think it's, so I was thinking about that too, because I'm thinking the, the dichotomy of people like to talk about themselves, but I don't like to talk about myself. Right. I think it's the way others ask about you. So, and I think it's the questions I ask. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. So, so many people ask, what do you do? Like, okay. So you have to just sit, you're like, how do you explain? What do I do? Instead of asking things like, what's your favorite thing about what you do? Like, that's a more Mm. interesting question that like really gets to know somebody on a deeper level. Um, It's almost like the open-ended questions versus a yes or no. Like, what do you drive? Uh, A Tesla. 
right? Like, I, and that just ends the conversation. Like, Hey, how did you get your last car? Or like, tell me if you ask an open-ended question, like, tell me about why you chose a Tesla. Are you like really into Elon Musk? Or are you like, you start doing that and then it's a more fun conversation or like, are you like really environmentalist? And you can go, well, actually, no, I just really like the car. I really like black. And so then you suddenly have a more fun, open conversation. So I think the reason I don't like talking about myself is the way people come at me with questions. Mm. And I think that's also the reason why I am more um, deliberate about what I ask and how I ask things. I want people to have fun when they're talking to me, I guess. And I'm really more interested in about the whys and hows than the what's. So like what you do for a living, okay, big deal. But why do you do that for a living? Or how do you do that for a mm -hmm. living? How do you, like, uh, we do a, um, we started this company during the pandemic, this e-commerce business to do Simpsons drawings for people. And what that is, is really very silly, but why and how it came about is a lot more fun of a story to tell. So if someone asked what I did and I told them that, and we just stopped, like, be like, well, that was dumb. Like you should have asked me, should ask me more because it would have been a better story, but you asked the wrong question. So I think that I don't like talking about myself because I think people just don't, I don't know if they just don't care or they don't know any different, or they just feel like that's the kind of questions to ask. But I think it's just, well, ask, I think a lot I'll of people are better just, questions. Well, like you said, I think most people are just waiting to talk, right. Or they just mm -hmm. are there, they want to talk about their stuff because that's, what's interesting to them, right. That's what's yeah. like top of mind, you know? So and I, I remember that too, being on a few dates in LA and I wouldn't let get guys get away with this as much as I feel like you probably would have, but I was basically like, I want a couple dates. And then they'd be like, this is the best date. Like I'll definitely do this again. And I'm just like, I could have been anybody. You could have yeah. been talking to anybody. And I'm the, very much the same as you. I like talking about my stuff, but I'm very like, I'm more guarded about my stuff. And I also think, and maybe this resonates with you, maybe it doesn't, but I think as a coach and being a coach for as, as long as I've been a coach, I'm always in the position 95% of the time in my life, I'm in the position of mentor, uh, cheerleader, uh, you know, possibility thinker. Like I'm always the one giving that energy out, which is awesome. That's the best thing about being coach or a trainer or whatever. Um, but I guess, and maybe this is this, the cynical side of that, or the, maybe the downside of that is I tend to think that because I'm usually in that position that there, that not everyone in my life can give me something or uh, that people in my life can't really offer something. If I think about it, I probably have like only five people in my life whose, um, opinions and guidance and, uh, you know, I don't know, support, I would actually take into consideration because I respect them because I'm close to them because I can be vulnerable with them because they don't judge me. You know, you obviously being one of them. And so I think for me, I'm just more guarded where like, but I have like really high walls, but yeah. once you get in, you get everything, you know, like you, I'm, you know, you kind of see me for who I am and, and that's, but I keep most people on the, the outside of that wall. And so I wonder if that's the same for you too, is that you're used to being in that position of like being the listener, being the one, you know, always taking on other people's things that maybe you don't feel comfortable or you don't feel like the person can really support you in the way that you would need it to offer that up. Yeah, it could be. It's funny. As you were saying that I was thinking, this is probably why you and I have a great friendship because you are that person. And because you're a coach, I think you ask good questions. And so that's why I can feel more connected to you because you feel like you have good insights. Um, you have emotional intelligence and you can ask good questions instead of just being like, okay, let's talk about me now and my stuff. <laughs> so I, I, I think that maybe 
and we have a lot of coaches who are here listening to, um, maybe that's a skill set for one that you can learn, but I also think a lot of it comes naturally. So I think when you are that person who is the mentor, who is the guide, who's always giving advice, it can be harder to talk to other people for a few reasons. I think sometimes when people come to us for advice, when we want to go back to them, we might feel like maybe they won't look up mm. to us anymore, or mm -hmm. they'll think that we can't figure out our own shit. Sometimes that, that's our own self-judgment too, right? You're like, I would, I always imagine counselors probably really struggle or psychiatrists probably really struggle if they have their own stuff. Cause they're like, I'm supposed to know this, but just like we hire coaches, it's sometimes hard to see your own shit, right? Mm. It's really easy to like point out other flaws in other people. It's really harder to figure out our own stuff. And I struggle with that myself is trying to figure out my own stuff. But it, I also struggle with who to share that with, because not everyone can give us the feedback that we need. I think not everyone is um, able emotionally, but also I think some people just don't have the skill set. So yeah, I, I do think sometimes it comes down to like, when you're always the person who's doing it, it's hard to do it. It's hard to go to other people. But I think it's also because you might know you know more, <laughs> not to say that like, that's better, but you do know more and you have more experience and you know that not everybody has that experience. It's, it's just being discerning though. I think mm -hmm. it's like, you wouldn't go to someone who's extremely overweight, who's a smoker and ask them for health advice. So there's sometimes we're just not going to go to certain people with certain problems we have, because we know that they're not capable of giving us that advice, whether it's relationship advice, whether it's health advice, whether it's work advice, there's just certain people in our life we're not going to go to go to. And back to that, I think because I have such a breadth of experiences in business and relationships and just stupid, weird life stuff that I think people are comfortable sharing just a lot of things. Cause they're like, Oh, Danny's be, trauma is like gives you a lot of opportunities <laughs> to be like been there, done that. Oh, you've had someone die. You've had this happen to you. So I've had so much shit. It's like you, Danny could probably handle this. Cause she's probably had something similar or know somebody who's gone through. Something well, and like also this, you're you know? resilient too. And I know you fucking hate that word at this point, but like, I feel like that is a huge piece of it too, is because you can handle it because you've already shown that you can handle stuff. Mm -hmm. I think for me, some of the biggest red flags, if I'm thinking about sharing with someone, some of the biggest red flags is, um, judgment. That would be a huge one for me is if I feel like someone is judgmental. Um, and I have someone really close to me who I feel like is that way. And I'm like, I wish I could be close to this person, but honestly, I think we just see the world from a different lens mm -hmm. and you know, it's probably not going to, we're just always going to limit the depth of the relationship. If there's, cause that like judgment's like a barrier, right? It's, it, it's basically saying, Hey, this isn't safe. Um, that's one. I think another one is, um, again, if they haven't had the experience, right. Cause then it's like, you know, it's funny, even with Keith and he's great for like some of the more emotional stuff that we were having conversation, uh, yesterday or a couple of days ago about my business. And I was kind of talking through some of the changes I want to make for next year. And I was kind of just more talking out loud, you know? And, um, of course I've talked about this with my team, but, and he was just kind of looking at me with like a blank stare. He was listening, but he was just like, and then at the end of what I, my like tirade, he was like, I don't know. Like he was just like, I don't know. Yeah. I wish I could give you more advice. And I'm like, oh yeah. Like I forgot that I'm not, you know, like, and it's nothing against him, by the way. It's just like, yeah. he doesn't do this work. So yeah, I think experience is huge. And I love that you said that's probably because you've had a lot of experiences <laughs> that people are like, well, Danny can get this because, you know, she lost someone to cancer or she, yeah. you know, had adrenal fatigue or yeah. whatever. Like you have had so many experiences, but you also 
I think you're so, you don't judge, you know, I think we're a harshest critic. Like I can definitely name times I've judged, or I'm sure you can name times that you have, and we can always be better at that. But I think judgment is huge. And when people feel safe Mm -hmm. because they go, oh, when you say stuff like, oh, I've been there, that's happened to me, or dude, you're totally not alone in that. It brings your status down and brings their status up. And now all of a sudden they feel safe sharing. And, you know, I think, like you said, that's a skill, but you also have to be willing to be vulnerable too. And one of the things that I love the most about you is that you can joke about your stuff. You know, I think that shows a sign of emotional maturity that a lot of people don't have. You can hold it down for someone without taking things personally. You're very much like, you know, I can tease you to your face about some of the like, you know, and and hopefully you feel like you can do this with me too, some of the idiosyncrasies that we both have. Yeah. But you're it shows just how confident you are and how secure you are in yourself that like that stuff doesn't trigger you and that stuff is more like, you know, it's it's more funny than it is, uh, you don't get defensive, you know, cause if someone gets defensive and starts like really getting, then the last thing you want to do is talk to them. You know, if they're like taking something personally, or if you're trying to share some your truth with someone and they start taking it on and they start like reacting to it and start making it about them. You're like, wait, what? I was just trying to share with you. And now I got to console you because you're feeling some kind of way about this. So I think you do a great job also staying neutral and objective and not making it about you or not taking some of that stuff personally too. I appreciate that a lot because I feel like I've learned a lot more about that from you, like not being judgmental and and holding space. And the episode I did with Jeff about the jar is we've had a lot of practice on that as well. Like I, I mentioned this on this episode where I'd share something and he'd say, thank you for sharing where I was ready for him to have a defense uh, response right away. I'm like, all right, I'm going to give it to you Putting the gloves and on. he's going to give it back. And I'm like, ready to have this argument. And instead of an argument, he's like, thank you for sharing. I was like, what? Motherfucker, I just told you, like, I just he's told like you gritting his teeth. Right. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. And so that was, that's has been great lessons for me and becoming a better friend and listener and going, Oh, you don't have to get defensive. You can you just can diffuse. Just, yeah. Diffuse uh, and, and taking like a beat and listening. And so learning how to be a safe space as a listener is, is, has been a process too. I don't know if I always was. Um, I think what's sad and I hate this about myself, but I think I have been for a lot of other people, but not necessarily always the closest people in my life. Sometimes I think we have higher standards for our friends and our relationships. So it makes me sad in a way. Like I think back to my ex-husband, but where maybe some people could tell me certain things that I would not judge and I would make them feel okay. But if he told me, I'd be like, why would you do that? Why would you say that? So I feel like I have been really working on the judgment piece. Um, like as an actual, like I've been trying to work on that intentionally because I, I feel like I have been more judgmental in the past and not like behind their back, but like to their face, like, why did you do, why did you do that? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, I actually really appreciate that you saying that because I, I, when you said that, I was like, that's so true. I think when you said, that we hold a high standard. Also, it's closer to us, right? Like yeah. to me, it's it's like a nothing to be super kind, super warm, super giving to someone who's outside the circle, right? Because I'm like, what the? I don't give a shit. It doesn't compromise yeah. anything about me. But if I have to hold it down for like someone close to me, I'm like, yo, dude, you're part of like we're really tight. Like you got to bring, you got to hold up your end of the deal. Like we're doing this together, right? So it it almost does feel. Um, way more, I guess, vulnerable, but it does feel, um, 
I don't say it's like a betrayal, but you do feel like, Hey, like get it yeah. together. Like we're, we're trying to elevate together where if it's someone who's outside of your circle or, you know, even a client of yours or something, it's like, it's, it's uh safe or it's easy just being there. But when it's someone close to you, it's so much more personal. Definitely. I definitely have been more judgmental towards people closer to me. And that makes me sad to say, and I'm, as I'm thinking about, it, I'm like, yeah, that, and I, I definitely have been working on it the last couple of years. Um, I've noticed that uh, just like, a, you know, something in myself, but what you just said earlier about me being vulnerable, I think that's the other piece. So when we want to be a listener to someone, or we want them to open up to us, if we haven't opened up to them, it doesn't always feel safe. It's not like you have to exchange mm -hmm. like, Hey, I'm going to tell you a secret. Now you tell me a secret, but it kind of does work that way sometimes. And I think one of the reasons people do feel safe sharing is because they've either heard me share something on a podcast mm. or a blog in the day or back on YouTube in the day that was really, really hard. And it almost, it doesn't almost, I think it does give people permission where if I share something really difficult, then they feel not obliged, but they feel more comfortable sharing something difficult as well. Because, and like you've said this before too, where if someone shares with me, like if they tell me a truth, that's hard to say, I can trust them more because it would be easier to not say it. It really comes down to that kind of thing. It builds trust when you share something vulnerable and you don't know how someone's going to take that. I could share something really personal, really vulnerable. And I am just trusting that they are not going to throw it back in my face, that mm. they're not going to use it against me. And that builds immediate trust. And so someone else, if they hear like something that I've shared, that's personal, they feel like they can trust me. So it, it like builds this instant bond or trust mm. between, and even if I haven't met, like, so a lot of people that I've met and you and I met together, they maybe know us from the podcast or something. So they already feel a little bit of trust because we've shared vulnerable things here. And so they're able to share things with me because they already know you know, I, I might've just met them, but they already know a lot of stories about me. And so they already feel comfortable because they know I've been vulnerable out there mm -hmm. in the world. Yep. And I, I think the vulnerability piece is really big and it's really hard to gain trust with someone if you're not also allowing yourself to be vulnerable with them. Yeah. I think I was so glad you said that. I had this moment where it was a couple of years ago and, um, I was on a snowboarding trip with someone who's an acquaintance, um, in the industry with us and knew me when I was married and, um, she knew my ex-husband as well. And I remember we went to dinner and we're not like super close, but we were close enough to go on like a little trip together or something. Uh, but she's been married for a long time, happily married. And I remember I was telling her about, um, my ex-husband's affair and everything we went through and like, not like a, sh not like a sh shit talking way, just like basically just telling the story. Like I would tell on this podcast. And I remember she just like, didn't at all. Like, I almost like, I felt pity off of her you know, instead of like connection, you know, and it was almost like, I'm sorry that you went through that. And then I was, and then it sort of shifted the dynamic, the, the, uh, the status, you know, the power of the conversation. Cause I was like, oh, like, is she like, is this patronizing? Like it kind of mm. almost felt like I was down here and now she's up here and like, she's never messed up in her life and she's never had anything hard to happen. And I was like, so I immediately just stopped talking. Like, I remember just being like, okay, like in my brain being like, this isn't safe okay, this is how it's going to go. Okay, cool. I know that this is not, you know, and whether or not maybe her for her own insecurities, she didn't feel comfortable sharing me. I think you have to be somewhat secure with yourself in order to share vulnerably for sure. Uh, and you have to also like, you know, be able to hold, you know, hold uh, the lessons of what you went through or whatever that is. But I think, you know, that just was an interesting sort of different experience from sharing with you to have the yeah. experience of sharing with someone else. So I was like, oh, 
this, she doesn't see this the same way as Danny would or someone who I, you know, who I would trust does. And I immediately found myself just like, stop talking, shut down because it wasn't safe. And this is a really, really great example of like, like a coaching moment of what she could have done different and what I would have done different and how this could have made a connection to make you stronger. It's interesting because what she did was she projected something onto you. She projected like, that must've been terrible for you. You must be embarrassed and just like shut down the conversation. Instead, she could have been like, well, how are you doing now? How do you feel about this now? So you could have like explained how things are for you now and what you've learned and what are the lessons. And instead she just projected an idea of what she thought it meant. And she, it was her obviously just being uncomfortable with this the situation or the topic, but she could have asked you a little bit more. And I think sometimes people get scared. They are like, Ooh, I don't want to be nosy. I don't want to know. She didn't need to ask details. She could have just asked, how do you feel now? Like now that it's been a couple of years, what do you think about this? Or do you guys still talk? Things like that could have made the whole conversation deeper, richer, and turned into to where you guys were more connected about it. And instead she just shut it down because she projected some kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the issue with people in conversations and not connecting either is we project what they, what we think they feel. And I've noticed this a lot with my mom dying is there's been people who have just said really awkward things of, uh, you know, death is a weird one. People say a lot of weird shit when someone dies, they're like, well, you know, she's in a really great place now. And I'm like, okay. Like, I don't know what to say to that. And I'm Uh like, no, I don't. And I, it just makes it weird. Instead of going, how are you feeling now? Like she's been gone this much, like, how do you feel now? Or, you know, instead of asking questions, they just like try to shut down. And I think what it comes down to is people being afraid of having feelings of bringing up hard stuff. I know my dad is really like this. He doesn't like to have, he doesn't like emotions. So he's like, you need to stop crying or like, like he needs to, if, if I'm feeling some kind of emotion and I've tried to reach out a few times just to let him know it's okay. I'm like, yeah, I'm really sad about mom today. He's like, what do I need to do? You're my daughter. I don't want you to be sad. I'm like, dad, it's okay to be sad. I'm fine. You know, I'm going to live. I just want to let you know that's how I feel today. And I think that if we can be okay with hard emotions and mm-hmm. just ask more questions and not nosy questions, which is how are you feeling questions? Or what does this mean for you? Questions then we open up a lot more conversation and people feel a lot safer and they feel heard and they feel seen instead of just feeling shut down. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, that example you gave could have gone a different way if she had not projected. And I think ultimately that was like just her projection, you know, people right. will put their projections on whatever it is. They think they know how you feel. And that's another piece. That's always like something I don't like is someone saying, I know exactly how you feel. It's like, no, you don't. Nobody knows exactly how you feel. You could say to someone, oh, I've been through something similar. It was terrible, wasn't it? Or that's a connection, right? Like, oh, it was so bad when this happened. Like when I got robbed, oh, that felt terrible. It feels so, it feels like such a betrayal. You get so angry and someone could be like, yes, it does. I get so angry. But instead of going, I know exactly how you feel. That just shuts down any kind of two-way, any kind of connection. Because you may, Mm -hmm. you may know, but. I don't know. Let's say like, this is how I feel. Didn't you feel this way too? Yes. Okay. Now we, now we know how each other, now we know how each other feels, but projections tend to shut down any connection and conversation instead of just asking more questions. 
Yeah, I loved how you mentioned too, what can also be a red flag was you said nosy questions. And I also think that you can feel the difference when someone cares genuinely and they start asking additional questions about how are you or how does that make you feel or what's going on now? Are you good? Like what's what's sort of the status? How has it been? That's really caring about the person. Caring about the gossip mm-hmm. is a different, and we can tell that too. We're like, oh, they're like just asking like, nitpicky questions like you and I you and I actually did get this and I think you probably know what I'm talking about you and I got this quite a bit when we first started talking about our ex-husband's affairs we could tell I don't know if you could tell I could tell when all of a sudden the person we were talking to was starting to feel nervous that maybe it would happen to them as if it was Mm -hmm. contagious they'd be like well any signs or did you know what's going on? Or did you catch him in the act? Or like, how did you find out? Like, and it just more felt like this is now gossip and not actually a caring conversation. I don't know if you had that experience too, but I remember being like, this isn't going to happen. Like, don't worry about it. Like, it's not like I could tell they were like sifting and we could see it in their face. Like I could see them like starting to the wheels turning, being like, I wonder if this would ever happen to me. And that's a weird feeling for you having gone through that, you're just like, oh, like now I have to make sure you're okay. And like, and now this feels like gossip. And so if you're feeling that way too, then it it definitely shuts down the conversation. Cause you're like, I can see this is just like gossip or you're now making about you, which is fine. But also now I feel like I have to like manage your emotions about this when I was just trying to share something vulnerable that I, that happened to me. And so (laughs) I remember you and I, did you, you're not having that much sex. Like people are trying to pinpoint it because they wanted to make sure it didn't happen to them. It was just like this very yeah. weird dynamic. And so I'm glad you mentioned projection and also nosy questions, which is totally different than like caring questions. Yeah. I think again, coming back, it's not always about like listening as far as like hearing people's words. And so we learn a lot of ink. I know there's like community communication classes where you're like, okay, listen to them and then just repeat back what they say. (laughs) I think it can go, it goes deeper than repeating back what someone says. Like, that's great. So, so you're saying your husband had an affair. Yes. But it's like, think, I guess what I process through is how would I think I might feel or, or would they feel? And then I want to know what, like, how did that affect you? You know, like there's just certain things that are just open-ended that can make people kind of ask themselves the question, like, actually mm-hmm. not really sure, you know? So for whatever reason, I think I just have this ability and I think it's not necessarily an innate ability. I, I do think that some of it comes naturally, but I think also a lot of it comes from, I've had so much counseling and therapy in my life that maybe those were the things like, you know, in high school, I had a therapist and I had a social worker who would ask these kind of things. And so maybe that just turned into mm-hmm. me like taking on those going, oh, this is what helped me. And so this is how I'm going to be in the world. So I don't I know, it. maybe we just only need to need to go to more therapy and then ask more therapy. <laughs> well, I love this conversation and uh shout out to Danny Coleman as well. Uh he has a podcast called Take Care Radio that talks a lot about this kind of stuff. It's coaching, but it's like the soft skills of coaching and it's also about connection and safety and stuff like that too. So if you're a professional, you definitely want to link into that as well. But I thought this would be a fun conversation to, to ask Danny because this is very rare. I will say my brother, Danny is very similar. And we always laugh that like the two of you get caught up in a conversation in Uber. Like you guys, I don't know how many Uber phone numbers Danny has taken down and stayed in touch with these people after she got out of the car. Like one time they tell her her entire life story and then they follow each other on Instagram <laughs> I mean, she went on a couple of dates with an Uber driver, not because she wanted to, but because she just asked her. And it's just like, 
And it's really rare and it's really special. And if we can take some best practices and glean some lessons from things that you do both naturally and things that you've practiced, I think we could all make, I don't know, we could make other people feel seen and heard. And that's always a good thing. So thought this was a fun, fun conversation. So thanks for sharing. I love it. Thank you. Thanks for asking. And um, yeah, I'm excited to see what more Uber driver best friends I get next year. <laughs> you know, I will tell you guys, it's really fun being in the Uber with Danny because I don't have to fucking talk to the driver. So <laughs> she takes the whole thing. She knows because she looks at me and I'm on my phone. And she, and like, they'll ask us a question and she'll look at me, I'm on my phone. So she's like, well, I guess I'll answer. <laughs> and then she starts having the conversation. Oh my God. Sometimes I'm not up for it, but when I am, we go. We my go dad's deep. the same way. I love, so my dad, you know, he's just, he's getting older and he has some trouble with his mobility and stuff. So that dude always has to sit in the front seat of the Uber because it's bigger. Yeah. And I don't mind it because he immediately goes in and go, where are you from? <laughs> And then just talks the entire fucking time. So I really, I do love that about both of you guys and also Dan Coleman too. So shout out. Oh my God, I love Well, it. let us know if this guy, if this was useful. And by the way, you guys, we would absolutely love some new reviews. If you have not left one, it would be amazing. We've been getting, you guys have been sharing uh, some of our episodes on social, which we always appreciate and always regram you. Uh, but if you have not left a review and you are a loyal listener, we would absolutely love that. You can obviously go to Apple Podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts, give us a five-star rating. And then just a couple of sentences about what you love about this podcast, uh, what, you know, why exactly you continue to listen and why you look forward to these episodes. Uh, not only do we love listening to them, but we always love you sharing with other potential listeners what you'll get here. So thank you guys for that. And uh, we will see you on the next episode. We'll talk to Bye. you soon. Bye guys.